Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. The Theater Guild on the Air. Tonight we bring you The Royal Family, adapted from the play by George S. Kaufman and Edna Ferber, starring Frederick March and featuring Margola Gilmore, Estelle Winwood, Peggy Conklin, Edwin Jerome, Everett Sloan, Paula Lawrence, and Lee Penman. And here is Lawrence Langner, co-director with Teresa Helburn of the Theatre Guild, to tell you something about the play and the players. Mr. Langner. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our play tonight is a gay comedy about the amusing doings of a famous theatrical family. There have been many brilliant families in the theater. For example, the Kembles, the Coopers, and the Lupinos in England, and the Drews and the Barrymores in this country. Tonight's comedy is about the Cavendish family. And if you happen to see any resemblance between this family and any other theatrical family you know about, it is your idea and not ours. Frederick March, who has played many parts with the Theater Guild, including a tour of 39 weeks of one-night stands for which he has never forgiven us, is playing the eccentric and brilliant Tony Cavendish. Margot Gilmore, for several years with the Theatre Guild Acting Company, plays his sister, the famous actress Julie Cavendish. Estelle Winwood plays the great Fanny Cavendish, the matriarch of the clan, and Peggy Conklin is Gwen, third-generation Cavendish. Everett Sloan is the harassed theatrical manager... And if you see any resemblance between him and myself, I assure you it is purely accidental. And now, on with the play. is a story of family life, a story of three generations and the things that bind them together, the things that make for family unity, the things that set them apart from the rest of the world. It's the story of a family who understand each other so completely that, well, perhaps you can get an idea if you hear the daughter Julie and the mother Fanny talking about the son. Mother, here's a telegram from Tony. What's he done now? Well, he's not very clear, but as nearly as I can make out, I gather that he's killed somebody. Anyone we know. If that doesn't sound like the family next door, it's because this is not the story of this man's family or that man's family. It's the story of the Cavendish family, and the Cavendish family is different. The things that bind the Cavendish clan together are the excitement of overture music and the dressing room smell of dust and grease paint and a common dislike of dramatic critics. The Cavendish family had glamour long before the word was corrupted to mean something inside a sweater. We've all seen old Fanny Cavendish as Lady Macbeth, or 
Julie Cavendish's Portia, and we saw Tony Cavendish's Hamlet ten years before our teenage daughters swooned over his Technicolor profile at the neighborhood movie theater. Yes, the Cavendish family is different, but Julie Cavendish's daughter, Gwen, doesn't seem to think so. Perry, darling, really, my family is just like any other family, and I'm just like any normal American girl. Why can't your mother see that? Because she didn't think it was very normal of you to stay 15 minutes in the hall while she was waiting for you in the drawing room. But, Perry, everybody was facing the piano listening to that man play. It was no moment for an entrance. A family of actors. Fanny, Julie, Gwen. I suppose I should have given Tony top billing because Tony's the most versatile. A great entertainer in three mediums, stage, screen, and headlines. When Tony's on the stage acting, he seems perfectly natural. And when he's off stage, being perfectly natural, he's acting. Like this. Yes, Zita, darling. It was for you I did it. For your luminous eyes and the exotic perfume of your dark brown hair. It was for you that I braved the law, my pretty gamine. So will you have the decency to take your arms off me and let me get across the state line? So there you have them, the royal family of the American theater. Charming people, of course, but a little difficult to handle, as their manager, Oscar Wolf, can tell you. Well, 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 good morning, folks. How are you, Fanny, my girl? I'm fine. She isn't fine. She should be resting. The doctor says she's not to leave the house. Doctor. Oh, well. Oscar, what brings you around at the crack of dawn? One o'clock in the afternoon ain't the crack of dawn, Julie. At one o'clock, a person should have been up two hours already. Well, what brings you here anyway? What brings me here always but the one great passion of my life? You, my dear Fanny. <laughs> Besides, I've got to talk business with your gifted daughter here. Ah, I thought so. And I want to talk business with you, Oscar. You've got to do something about Tony. What about Tony? He's in trouble. That I know. You do? Well, what is this trouble he's in, Oscar? That I don't know. But I know he's in trouble. He's Tony, isn't he? Well, what special trouble is it this time? Read this telegram, Oscar. Okay, let's see. Pay no attention to possible accounts of my assault on Deming with intent to kill. Stop. Arriving New York Saturday under century. Stop. California police have no authority outside state. Stop. Zeta Kadak on this train, but no trouble so far as I'm locked in drawing room. Stop. Love to all of you. Stop. Deming was a lousy movie director anyhow. Stop, Tony. It lacks a certain clarity, doesn't it? You know, this may not be so funny. Do you think it's serious? Oh, of course not, Mother. It never is. Well, let's see now. Deming was the director of Tony's picture. Who's this Kodak, Huzzy? Zeta Kadak, the actress, the one they call the anatomic bombshell. Actress? She's just a hunk of scenery. But Metro imported from Warsaw, Poland, or somewhere. Well, it's easy to see what happened. Tony took her from Deming, Deming got sore, and there you are. Such a fuss just because Tony punched some director. Well, it's a very unsound public relations idea. We've got to keep the newspapers off him. The reporters will swarm him at the station. He'll start to smash cameras. The poor boy. All right, I'll tell you how I fix it. He don't come into Grand Central. He gets off at 125th Street. It doesn't stop there. Tomorrow it will, for one second. I get him off the train, I bring him here before the newspapers know it, and nobody can see him. Oh, Oscar, that will be wonderful. There you are, Mrs. C. Everything grand. Everything grand, eh? Well, what I want to know is about this Zodiac woman. Kadak, mother. And we told you all about her. Well, you're the manager, Oscar, just so that he doesn't get married again for a while. That's the stuff, Fanny. Tony's got good sense down deep somewhere. 
After the trouble she's already landed him in, why, he couldn't even look at Zeta Kadak. I can't look at you, Zeta. Your eyes blind me. Then I will shut them. Kiss me, Tony. Ah, Zeta. Zeta, you don't know what you do to me. I catch up to you anyhow, my Tony. Yes, yes, you do, Zeta, my pretty gamine. Ah, when the knock came at this drawing room door and I threw wide the portal, thinking it was my dinner, and it was you, Zeta. A disappointment, eh? Well, let's call it a thrill. Eh? We're coming into Chicago, Tony. Oh, that reminds me, Zeta. I, I've got to see my friend Eddie in Chicago. You do? Yeah, I wired Eddie I'd meet him at his office. You did? Yes, I, I couldn't disappoint Eddie. You couldn't? No. I'll only be on 15 minutes, Zeta. We'll be together on the century. Yes, Tony, we will be together on the century. And we will be together from the time we get off this train until we get on the century. And you're going to disappoint Eddie. Here is a cab, Tony. Yes, so it is, Edith. A driver. Driver, may I inquire as to the horsepower of this vehicle? 400 horsepower, and I'll have a drink, too. <laughs> this is too much good luck for one day. 400 horsepower and one of the Oxford wits in the driver's seat. We'll take it. And further luck. Good day to you, madam. This cab's engaged. Uh, the question is, madam, are you engaged? Come along, Tony. Say, aren't you Tony Cavendish? Can't you guess? To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrow of outrageous fortune. What are you talking about? Oh, oh you're, you're one of my movie fans. Mr. Cavendish, this leaves in half an hour. Just a minute, Peter. The public demands my attention. Uh, madam, uh, would you like me to uh, autograph the color of your blouse? Oh! That'll be wonderful. I'll never wear it again. Step out here in the light, madam. Let me help you down. Thank you. There, there you are. Uh, perhaps you'd like to step into the cab, Zeta. It's cold here. It certainly is. Mm, up to Daisy. Uh, now, madam, now. The color of your blouse. Oh, Mr. Cavendish, wait till I tell my friends about this. Friends? Is, is that one of your friends there? Well, oh, that's my cab, Mr. Quick, Cavendish. Quick, go on, driver. Good, goodbye, oh, madam. I can't As I speed toward the century, I have but one regret. What is that? I have disappointed Eddie. Poor Eddie. Hey, look, you two. It's a lot of fun just cruising around, but where do you want to go? Uh, straight up the boulevard, driver, and fast. To the LaSalle Street Station. Straight up the boulevard, driver, and fast. Okay. Tony, shut that door. Oh, she does. Tony! Tony, don't you kill yourself. Driver, stop the car. Stop the car. Huh? Hey, what, what's the matter with you Tony! two people? Why can't you... Tony! Hey, where's your boyfriend? He's gone. He didn't get killed, a pig. He ran into that hotel. I'll never find him. Well, lady, we all got our troubles. That ain't one of mine. Oh, no? Who do you think's gonna pay your cab fare? That's Tony for you. Every day, his life builds up to another second-act curtain, and his family, with Oscar Wolfe's help, try to keep that curtain from falling on Tony's head. They feel they have things pretty well under control this time. Well, it's all fixed. Tony will be okay, Fanny. Thank you, Oscar. Someday, just for a switch, we ought to do something to force Oscar to thank us. Well, Julie, maybe if Hello, you... Hello, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Wait a minute, Gwen. Where are you going? I have a date with Perry at 2.30. I'm on my way to change. But look, Gwen, I got... Can't stop to talk, Oscar. I'm the spirit of the quick lunch. Oh, Julie, that girl is just like you were at her age. I resent the implication that I'm not still my daughter's age. As your daughter's grandmother, so do I. Yeah, yeah. 
Look, look, I gotta go, folks. It's always this way. I come here to talk business, and I stay to straighten out Tony's affairs. Well, what did you want to see me about, Oscar? I want you downtown at my office. You and Gwen, three o'clock sharp. Downtown? What for? Who do you think came in from England last night? Sinjin Throckmorton. Oh, is that all? Who's he? Who is he? Only the fellow that wrote Julie's new play, that's all. Only the fellow that gave us the opportunity to put Julie and Gwen in a play together. Oh, the author. Send him back. Now, Julie, we've got to be nice to this fellow. I can't ask her. Not this afternoon. But he's giving you a beautiful play here. But he's an English author. And if he landed last night, Oscar, won't he be lecturing this afternoon? Please, stop trying to be a comic, Julie. Look, this is a serious fellow. Monocle, spats, gardenia, everything. With him, this is part of being a playwright, reading the play aloud. And it's got to be this afternoon. Why? Tomorrow, you've got a matinee. Monday, you begin rehearsal. Well, Sunday. Sunday, he is lecturing. Oh, Julie, I don't believe in humoring playwrights. But if it's such a favor to Oscar, that's different. Oh, all right. All right, at 3 o'clock, enter Julie Cavendish laughing. Fine. It's now uh, 2.20. You and Gwen leave here quarter to three sharp. You hear? I'll be there. Now, Julie Cavendish, what was this big renunciation scene? I can't this afternoon. I can't. Gilbert's back. Mm, Gilbert? Gil Marshall. He's in New York. I had a note from him and some flowers. He's calling me up at four. So, he's come back to New York, the South American Diamond King. Emerald's mother. Is he the one that shot himself over you? No, that was Harry. Harry somebody. And he was only cleaning his gun. I wish that loafer you'd married had tried it once just to see what happened. <laughs> I should have married Gil, Mother. He would have been dependable. Has anybody seen my tan bag? When you're not going out, Throckmorton wants to read his play to us down at Oscar's office. Oh, Mother, that's absurd. I've had this date with Perry's mother for a week. Oh, I'm sorry, Gwen, but I gave up something just as important and more so. But, Mother... If you think it's going to be any fun for me to sit there and hear a play read... But I wouldn't care if it wasn't and Perry's mother, which you'll probably never ask me again. Now, I couldn't get she said that. Quiet, you There's someone at the door. I'll open it. Tony! Tony! Hiya, Hiya, Mom. Julie, Julie, you look great. Hiya, everybody. Is the back door locked? Gwen, take a look out that window. See if there's a man out there in a long overcoat. Dan, Dan, if there's anyone coming to dinner, call it off. Julie, Julie you, you got to get me. I want to know what this is all ah, about. Mom, how's America's sweetheart, huh? Aren't you glad to see your baby oh, boy? Tony, there, Tony. There, Fanny. Tony, uh, how did you get here? I flew. Eddie flew me in. Tony, yeah. I want a truthful answer. Yeah. Did you hit this Deming fellow on account of this Zachary, Zachary woman? Ah, Mom, of course not. No, 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 here's the way it was. Deming, this director, didn't like me, see? And when we were out on location to shoot the desert scenes, he, he tried to make me ride the worst camel of the lot. Well, naturally, I got furious. Oh, Tony. Don't answer! Why not? I got reporters after me and columnists and metro lawyers. I, I got to lay low here until I sail. Sail? Where? Europe, of course. Tomorrow on the Pandemania. Look, somebody has to answer the doorbell. All right, all right, you, Gwen, but, but wait till I get out of here. Come on, Julie. Ben, I'll tell you all about it. Come on upstairs with me while I take a bath. Oh, I love going with Tony Wally. Hello, Gwen. You all ready? Oh, Perry. What's the matter? I can't go. What do you mean you can't go? They're going to read the play down at Wolf's office. Oh, Gwen, you can't mean you're breaking this date just to go and hear somebody read a play. What play? The play. The author's going to read it. This is part of my job, Perry. What about last Wednesday? Wednesday? Oh, that. I had to be photographed with Mother. It's all just because of the new play, Perry. Yes, but there'll always be a new play. Won't there, Gwen? Well, I hope so. 
I'm an actress, Perry. Sure, you're an actress. And when I marry you, what am I going to do every night? See the show? Perry, my work is just as important as yours. I can give you the names of actors and actresses of 300 years ago. You name me two 17th century stockbrokers. All right, all right. I'll give up my work and trail behind you carrying your Pekingese. It's not a Pekingese. Oh, Perry. What are we talking like this for? It's horrible. Forgive me. How could I talk like that to you? Oh, it's my fault, Gwen. I I didn't know what I was saying. Perry, dear. Oh, honey. What does anything matter? Weren't we a couple of idiots? We've never quarreled before. And we won't again. Honey, there isn't anything that matters to me except you. And you're all that matters to me. Oh, Gwen, darling. You're wonderful. Now, come on, honey. It's late. What? Well, you're coming with me, aren't you? Perry. You haven't heard a word I've said. I heard everything you said. You heard what I said, too, didn't you? Harry, you're not... We're not going to go all over this again, are we? No, Gwen, we're not going all over it again. Not at all. We're not going over any of it again. Besides, I've got to get started. I'm late. Goodbye. Now, Gwen, don't start that all over again. I'm not coming, do you understand? I'm not ever coming. I'm not going to act in it at all. Will you put on your hat and coat? Listen to me. I don't just mean I'm not going to be in this play. I'm not going to be in any play. What are you talking about? I mean it. I'm through with the stage. I'm never going to act again. What's going on here? Tony, Gwen has some silly idea she's going to quit the stage. Quit the stage? Now, listen to me, Gwen. You'll hate being in pictures. I'm not going into pictures. You mean you're going to quit the stage and you're not going into pictures? What else is there? There's home. I've never had a real home, and now I'm going to make one. That's romantic, fiddle, faddle. Tony, answer that bell. No, Gwen. I'm through, I tell you. Do you know what Perry did? He walked right out of the room. Probably this child's boyfriend come back. Answer that, will you, Tony? Okay. I'm going to marry Perry. I tell you, I'm going to marry Perry. I'm looking for Mr. Tony Cavendish. Are uh, we? And uh, why? Never mind why I want to see him. You, uh, you have not heard the news? Mr. Tony Cavendish died this morning. Don't give me that. I'm here to serve these papers on Tony Cavendish, and I'm going to serve If them. Look, if you do not believe me. Look there. Hmm? Regarde. The niece of Tony Cavendish. Grief-stricken. Yeah, well... Now, uh, now uh, why do you not leave this house of mourning? I'm sorry, sir. Mm. Very sorry I intruded. Mm. I'll go. Bon, bon. A bientôt. Quick, quick, lock the place up. Why, who's that man, Tony? He was a process server. Zeta is suing me for breach of promise. $200,000. Julie, I've got, to, I've got to get out of the country. You've got to get me passage on the Pandemania tomorrow. Oh, Tony. That process server is lucky I didn't kill him. Tony, it's just his job. Why be sore with him? Because I'm the greatest Hamlet since grandfather, and I made three movies that grossed a billion dollars apiece, and that, that so-and-so didn't even recognize me. <laughs> So quiet that you'd almost think the Cavendishes were a typical American family named Smith or Cohen or Miller. 
One of those sweet families with a lovable scamp of a son. And heaven knows that Tony can fill that bill. But lovable scamps have to be talked to harshly sometimes. Ah, Fan. I know, Tony, I know. Do you think I don't understand about this Shadrach woman or whatever they call her? Do you think I cared about her as her? I've waited a long time, Tony, to see you again where you belong. To hear your voice in the theater again. Your voice with all the throb or the snarl or the bite that you know how to use because I taught you. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'd like it too, Fanny. You remember? Remember when we did The Queen's Lover? Places. The Queen, my lady, has sent me. The Queen? <laughs> and did she know that we had met before? She knew it, my lady. <laughs> oh, very amusing, that is. It seems our great queen must have a sense of humor. I would not call it that, milady. Humor? No, no. Cruelty. Cruelty. And in that, she is a true cousin to you, milady. And before heaven, I swear that for your cruelty, you and she too, yes, she too, though she is my queen, shall suffer the black creeping horrors that you both have visited you on me. You could do nothing to either of us. Yes, her. and I shall. She and you, my lady, shall lie in terror in the darkness and listen to the lonely crying of your own sick hearts. And I shall make you crawl to me and kiss my feet before I have done with you. Curtain! Oh, Tony, Tony. When are you going to do another play? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to wait, Van. I, I got a sale tonight. I, uh, I got to get away. Hey, it was Julie. She has a matinee today. She's gone. Gone? Why'd you let her get away? What's the number of the theater? Where's the phone? By heaven, I shall make her crawl to me and kiss my feet if she doesn't get me passage tonight. All right, Tony. All right. All right, I said I'd try, didn't I? Goodbye. What was that all about, Julie? Uh, Gilbert, that was my dear little brother, Tony. If I remember Tony from 18 years ago, that means trouble. It's still that way, Gil. Oh, why don't you go back to South America and dig your emeralds? Don't get involved with us Cavendishes, Gil. What's the trouble, Julie? Well, Tony went out to Hollywood with a billion-dollar contract. And as soon as they started to take the picture, he knocked out the director and quit. And now he's got to go to Europe to get away from a $200,000 breach of promise suit. And I've got to provide the passage. I suppose you have this kind of thing all the time. I don't mean to complain. It just happens that today blood is thicker than usual. Julie... You ought to have everything in the world done for you. Done for you by someone who loves you. Oh, don't, Gil. Don't say things... Julie, you ought to be in a folk. country house somewhere with a garden around it and trees. If you could see the place I've got in England. An old stone house in a rose garden that's famous. And there it stands. Empty, Julie. Oh, Gil. Oh, we can go any place else you want. Cairo, Samaritz, anywhere you say. Don't you know that's the way you ought to be living? Don't you? Oh, Gil, darling, if I only could. You can, Julie. You're going to. It's 18 years too late, Gil. No, no, Julie. None of the things you felt 18 years ago and denied to yourself 18 years ago are still in your heart. And they are, aren't they, Julie? Yes, Gil. Yes, darling. Julie. Julie. Oh, Gil. On stage, Miss Oh, On nuts. Magnificent, Miss Cavendish. Thank you, darling. Miss Cavendish, have you time to Not try... Not now, Billy. But, Miss Cavendish, I simply must show you the new gown for the third Later, act. Later, darling. Later. Oh, Julie. 
that's the first act over. Gil, have you ever played to an audience made up entirely of sea lions? No. Oh, of course not. I forgot you wouldn't know what I mean. Julie, you know what I meant, though, before you had to leave for that first act. Yes, Gil. Julie, when are, you, when are we going to get married? Oh, Gil, I, I don't know what I ought to say. Well, I know what you ought to say, Julie, and you're going to say it. You're going to say it now. Don't answer it. I have to, Gil. Oh. Hello? What? But, Tony, it's dangerous for Mother to go out. The doctor said she mustn't leave the house. Yes, Tony, I know you can't show your face on the street, but... No, Gwenda, it's at breakfast time. I don't know where she went. Tony, we've got to find Mother. Call the police. Call the radio stations. I'll be home as soon as the play's over. I won't even wait for a curtain call. Gil, Mother's disappeared. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Be on the lookout for Miss Fanny Cavendish. Description age 70, but she'll say 63. Height 56, weight 100 pounds. Walks with a cane, and if she doesn't want to come along with you, she'll use it on your head. Calling all cars. Flash! The police in Manhattan have the dragnet out for Miss Fanny Cavendish, grand old lady of the American stage, who left her home this morning against the orders of her personal physician. Miss Cavendish is the mother of Tony Cavendish, screen lover, who is being sued for breach of promise by Zeta Kadak, the anatomic bombshell. It is felt by those who know the old lady that she is looking for Miss Kadak and not merely to discuss the Moscow Art Theater. <laughs> Gwen, I think it was wonderful of you to come out here to Mother's. Thanks, Perry. I hope you think so, too, Mrs. Stewart. I do, Gwen. I do. Naturally, I don't want my son to marry a girl who cannot keep appointments. But since you apologize, and especially since you say you will not continue on the stage... Don't worry, Mrs. Stewart. I'm through with the stage. Gwen Cavendish, what? you ought to have your mouth washed out with soap. Grandmother! Don't use that loathsome word. <laughs> Cavendish. <laughs> this is an unexpected pleasure. How do you do, Mrs. How do you do, How do you Mrs. Pleasure? How do you do, Mrs. Stewart? Rest. You go into rehearsal Monday. But Gwen isn't going into the play. Little sticks. No, Grandmother, it's true. I'm going to marry Perry. Marriage is my career from now on. Marriage isn't a career. It's an incident. <laughs> Aubrey Cavendish and I were married in the church of St. Mary Redcliffe in Bristol, England, just before the matinee. The wedding supper was served on the stage after the matinee. She stoops to conquer it was. And then we cleared the stage and played a scrap of paper for the night bill. I know, Grandmother, but, but that's got nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. I love Perry, and I'm going to marry him. Why not, at the end of the run? But there's not going to be any run, and there's not going to be any play. Not with Gwen in it. That's where you're wrong, young man. Gwen is not going to let her marriage interfere with her work. Work? Acting isn't work. Acting <laughs> isn't work. You sit there, Mrs. Stewart, knowing nothing about acting or work either, and tell me that. Did you ever try to learn how to walk across the stage or to sit down? Did you ever learn how to breathe so that you could deliver the clumsiest line of the stupidest author who ever lacked an ear for the common speech and make it sound like winged poetry? Walk to that door, Mrs. Stewart. Walk to that door and turn and say goodbye and shut the door behind you. And do it at all in such a way that an audience will sit for 15 seconds entranced and then rise and beat their hands together and shout your name. You can't do it, Mrs. Stewart, but I can, even with this blasted cane. Now, look here, Miss Keep Kevin. Keep quiet, young man. Every night when I'm sitting home alone, 
I'm really down there at the theater. 7.30, and they're going in the stage door. Good evening to the doorman. Taking down their keys and looking in the mail rack. 8 o'clock. The stage hands are setting up. Half hour, Miss Cavendish. Grease paint, rouge, mascara. Fifteen minutes, Miss Cavendish. My costume, more rouge. Where's the rabbit's foot? Overture. Good evening, everybody. How's the house tonight? The curtain's up. Props, cue. Enter. And my hands are cold. And my cheeks are hot. And it's all that's kept me alive these two years. Grandmother. If you had going down there for me, Gwen, I, I wouldn't want to live. I couldn't live. Miss Cavendish. You. Down there. Carrie! Carrie, oh. quick! I've got her. Quick. Some water, quick! Oh. I tell you, Tony, it was a performance. There was no other way to bring Gwen to her senses. Sure, sure, Fan, sure. It was a performance. It was, Tony. Sure, yeah, you, you trooped and you, you earned a rest. Now sleep, old girl, sleep, huh? Sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care, balm of hurt mind. The death of each day's sorrow. Macbeth has murdered sleep, and therefore Glam shall sleep no more. Macbeth shall sleep no more. Right in, Gil. I'm right with you, Julie. I'm sorry we couldn't have had a bite somewhere near the theater, but with Mother's sake... Oh, it's all right, darling, as long as I'm with you. Julie! Julie! Where's my passage? Oh, Tony, I don't want you to hit the ceiling. You didn't get it. It's not so vital, Tony. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the Cedar Kadak. I've got to get away from her, I tell you. A $200,000 breach of promise suit, and you say it's not vital. Oh, don't be childish, Tony. Gil, this is my brother, Tony. Don't you realize what Cedar Kadak can do to me? Tony, will you be quiet? This is Gil, Tony. Mr. Gilbert Marshall. Gil, my brother, Tony. How do you do? Charm, charm. Say, what kind of a jam do you think I'm in, anyway, huh? What do you think I blew all the way from California for, the ride? I got to get out of here, I tell you. Kadak's in town by this time, and she isn't going to stop with suing. If you don't want to do anything to help me, all right. All right, you're a fine sister, but I'm telling you now, if I don't get out of here tonight, I'll be all over the front page, and so are you, and so are Gwen, and the whole, the whole family. Now, if that's what you want, believe me, you're going to get it. Please so much, Mr. Gilson. Is he always like that? Oh, no, that's his brighter side. Is, uh, is that right about you being plastered all over the scandal sheets if he stays here? Probably. Then tell him to get ready to sail. Gil, do you mean you can get it? Oh, if you only could... You don't know what it would mean to me to don't have Tony. Don't you know there isn't anything in the world I wouldn't do for you, darling? Hello, Moran, this is Marshall. Now get this. I want a passage on the Pandemania tonight. That's right. What do you mean you'll try? Get it. Meet me on the canard dock in half an hour. Goodbye. Tony! Tony, we've got it! We've got it! What? You mean the passage? Yes, yes, you got it for you. He's going to meet you there. That's the stuff. You're a swell, sister. You'll have to get ready right away. Okay, okay, sis, you're a grand kid. I know I could count on you. All reliable. I'll go along now and get things Yeah, out. yeah, do that, will you? Much obliged, old fella. Who is that guy, anyway? Now, let me out of here. No, stay where you are. Huh? Stay scrunched down behind Gwen. Uh, I'll look for Gil. I'll get out and find him, Mother. No, Gwen. Here he is. Heaven help him if he hasn't got that passage. Gil? It's all right. 
You ready, Tony? Yeah, yeah, already. Julie, goodbye. Goodbye. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I must say goodbye until the heat's off. Hi, right, Glenn. Well, I'll see you in a couple of years. Goodbye, Uh, Don't wait for me, Julie. Bye. I have to go aboard with him. See you later at the theater. Driver, take us to the Empire Theater. Mother. Yes, Gwen. Mother, I'm ashamed of myself. Well, don't be. Well, I am. It was my fault Grandmother fainted this afternoon. In a way, it was. Mother, I'm not going to marry Perry. What? I don't want to ruin his life. You're going to marry him. Well, yes, you are. And you're going to give up a stage. You're going to get Perry to take you away from it. What? Take you away from it before it's too late. Take you away where you'll never hear the word stage again. No, Mother. Yes, no. Gwen, yes, if you think I'm going to let you throw away your whole life. And for what? This. So that 19 years from now, you'll be what I am. A mad woman in a family of maniacs. That's not what I want for you. You're going to marry Perry Stewart. No. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're going to marry him now, tonight, tomorrow. And I'm going to be with you and stand up beside you and wish to heavens it was me. Mother, darling. And why not? Not dead yet. I'm going to live it to suit me. I'm going to marry Gil Marshall. Yes, what? I am. I am. And go to Egypt and Venice and, and Constantinople. As far as the stage is concerned, I'm through with it. I'm never going to set foot on another stage as long as I live. Mother, Mother, look at that clock over there. Oh, good heavens. Driver, Foster, it's almost curtain time. Ah, the sea. I must go down to the sea again. To the lonely sea and the sky. The lonely sea and the sky and safety from breach of promise suits. Hello, Tony. For the love of... Sita! I said a while ago, didn't I, that this was a story of a certain special kind of family life. Now it begins to be the story of a breakup of a family. For what made the Cavendish family extraordinary was its place in the theater. And look at what has happened. Look first at that brilliant young actress, Gwen Cavendish, in a new and different type of role. Who's itty bitsy babykins is ooh. <laughs> or look at that graceful ornament to the American stage, Miss Julie Cavendish, as she writes... Dear Gil, of course I'll marry you, darling. You come up from South America by the 17th of next month. That's when the play will close. And we'll get married right away and go back down there and live happily forever after in a pampas or a tortilla or whatever it is that the South Americans call a house in the suburbs with a two-car garage. Yes, it looks like a complete breakup. And we can well imagine that if old Aubrey Cavendish were alive, well, let Fanny say it. If Aubrey Cavendish were alive, he'd turn over in his grave. Always before, when one Cavendish dropped out, there was another one to take his place. But now, well, I'll have to go on the road, that's all. 
Or there'll be none of us left unless Tony... Oh, why doesn't Tony come back from Europe? Why doesn't Tony come back from Europe? Well, he gives one answer in the letters he writes home. I'm going to stay here a long time, folks. I want two years in Munich with my violin under Asher, and I'll show the world I can be a great musician. And then I may go away into India with Krishnamurti and study Hindu philosophy. It's the only real thing in the world. You wear just one garment, a long white robe, and you eat just one food, rice. That's why Tony stays in Europe. Or at any rate, that's the reason he gives in his letters. Let's look at Tony studying the violin or eating rice or whatever he's doing. Yeah, but I tell you, Jacques, I, I've got to have that seat on the plane to Rome. Fifi's father has found out. Tony, uh, whatever became of Zeta Kadak? Zeta Kadak? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, a uh, funny thing about Zeta. Uh, she and I were on the same ship coming over here, but I, uh... I never saw her after we landed. Why not? Well, it, uh, it seems some, uh, some rogue told the port authorities that Zeta was smuggling dope into the country. Not a word of truth in it, of course, but uh, when she was delayed at the customs office, I, uh, I went on and uh, I never saw her again somehow. <laughs> ah, this is the life. Venice and a gondola. Stretch out your arms, my pretty, and incorporate the beauty of this night. Please, Signora, I got to go back to the hotel. Yeah, later, my sweet, later. Ah, the moon shines bright in such a night as this, when the sweet wine did gently kiss the trees and they did make no sound. In such a night, Troilus methinks scaled the Trojan walls and sighed his soul toward the Grecian tents. Where Cressid lay that night. Senora, I've got to go back to the hotel and get to work. But work? This is Venice, my lovely. Don't you appreciate that? <laughs> you never lived in Walla Walla, or you would realize full well that this is Venice. And yonder is the moon. And this is a gondola. Hey! Hey, you! Ahoy there, Jack! Come back here with my gondola, you thief! <laughs> So much for the one-man European branch of this untypical American family. Back home, the burning question is, will Julie really marry Gilbert Marshall? Will Gilbert be able to stand it if she does? And will Julie's sweet old mother stop making cracks about it? Julie, all I said was you'd think he'd come bounding right up from the dock after being away so long. He'll be along presently. He phoned from the hotel. Well, if he said he'll come, he'll come. Regular habits, such a Mr. Gilbert Marshall. Look at these two dozen American beauties that have been arriving every morning like the milk. Scarf, Fanny. But I've had enough of temperamental people. I bet he's worked out your honeymoon in algebra. <laughs> Arrive, Constantinople, January the 12th. Arrive, Cardo, February the 24th. <laughs> He'll tell you the next Sahara sunset is at 6.49, and it had better be. <laughs> and while you're sitting on the hill at Fiesole, he'll know to the minute when you'll be in Copenhagen. Hello, folks. Hello, Hello, Fanny, my girl. Fanny, your girl, is going upstairs to change her clothes. Gwen's coming with the baby, and I don't want the little tykes to be ashamed of them. 
Julie. Yes, Oscar. You know, Fanny was speaking to me yesterday. After your marriage, she wants to go on tour. Oscar, no. She can't go. What do you mean? The doctor says she's worse. She's got to have absolute quiet for the rest of her life. She's through, Oscar. Uh, let, let me realize this. Fanny Cavendish. It's all over. I I don't know why I'm so... After all, she's been sick a long time, but... I wish you could have seen her the first time I did, Julie. Her face, young and gay and beautiful. And how she treated me that first meeting. Me, a beginner, a nobody. Oscar, I'm going to have Gil take a house here in town for a while. I want to be here if anything happens. Good idea, but... What are you going to do with yourself? I don't know. But I'm through with acting, Oscar. There are lots of other actresses. Yeah, but not for this play. What play? Julie, I've never been one of these artistic producers, but this time I have got, I tell you, a play that I am so crazy to produce, I don't care how much I lose on it. Really, Oscar? Who wrote it? You never heard of him. He's a college professor out in Idaho. You wouldn't believe a college professor could know so much. Oscar, how exciting. Sure, it's exciting. Now, what are you going to do? Get married when you could be making history? <laughs> it's no use, Oscar. All right. Get married and be a bizarre patroness. Ooh. Hello, Gwen. Hello. Hello there. Hello, Gwen. Hello, Perry. How's the mama, Gwen? Isn't the baby coming? Oh, yes. Miss Peek's bringing him. She makes him rest two minutes before his bottle, or is it three minutes after? I never can remember. We didn't wait. Where's Gil? I thought he'd be here. He'll be here soon. Soon enough, he'll be here. All the way from South America, he's got to come to ruin my business. And Perry here, he couldn't pick out a nice girl from Park Avenue someplace. It's got to be a Cavendish yet, hmm? How's that? Why couldn't you marry a good junior league actress instead of my Gwen? Oh. Oh, I see. A joke. Now, Perry... Your boyfriend's a little upstage today, isn't he? No, he isn't. Are you, Perry? Well, I didn't think I was. Well, gosh, I want to do whatever... Look, Gwen, why don't you tell them about it and see what they think? Tell who about what? Oh, hello, Grandmother. Well, it's me. Now, this is the way it is. The baby's two months old, and he's the darlingest baby that ever lived, but he doesn't do anything but sleep all the time. And according to Miss Peek's schedule, you can only play with him about four minutes a day. Of course, when he gets older, it'll be different. But just now, he doesn't need me at all. I'm in his way. Darling, how can you be in his way? Well, I am. And they've, they've got this Hungarian play, and they've offered me a simply marvelous part. Who has? The Theater Guild. Theater Guild? Yes. It's only for the subscription period, unless it turns out to be a great hit. And it can't. You know the Theater Guild. Uh, wait a minute. Let me understand this, Gwen. You're going back on the stage, is that it? Oh, no, Oscar, no. Nothing like that. It's only for these few weeks, and just because it's a marvelous part. Well, this is news. And about time. Well, it's all up to Perry. Oh, gosh, Gwen, I don't mind a few weeks if it's going to make you happy. Mother, you don't seem very excited about it. Me? Why... Oh, I'm thrilled, Gwen. I'm really thrilled. Oh, I'm glad. It's really a terrific part. She carries the whole play. I'm scared pink, but of course, if I can do it, it'll put me back where I... Huh? <laughs> it'll be dandy. That must be Gil. Hello, Gil, darling. Well, at love. Hello, Marshal. Oh, it's Gil. <laughs> Julie, dear. Gil. Oh, it's good to see you all, to be uh, back. How was the trip? Oh, about as usual. Oh, here's something that'll interest you folks. There was a theatrical troupe aboard. American. They've been down in Buenos Aires trying to play in English. Ridiculous, of course. Poor devils didn't even have enough money to pay their passage. 
So we all got together enough to see them home. I guess I felt a little sentimental about them on account of you people. Really? Seems the manager... Manager skipped out with the money. You know the way these theatrical people are. I think I'll go out into the kitchen and make myself some tea. Uh, what do you say, Gwen? Let's go in the library and uh, you tell me all about your play. All right. Come along, Perry. Right with you. Julie. Julie, how I've missed you. Gil, how could you? What? How could you talk like that? What do you mean? What did I do? You insulted every one of us. Insulted you? How? The way you talked, of course, about the theatrical troupe. Julie, I said they were nice people. Oh, yes. Surprise. You insulted every one of us. Now, look here, Julie. How could I insult you? We're going to be married, aren't we? Well, aren't we? Oh, I suppose we're going to be interrupted as usual. Hello, sis. How have you been? Tony! Come on, everybody. It's Tony. Well, I, I was afraid to let you know that that's why I came by way of Sochi Domico. Sochi Domico? Why? Well, because Moraney and Schlesinger were going to declare war on each other. I knew if I got out, she'd marry him and everything would be all right. Who'd marry who? He's making it all well, up. It's been in all the papers. Natalia broke off her engagement with Rupert of Schlesinger. Who's Natalia? Natalia's the princess of Morania. She's a nice kid, but I didn't mean anything serious. I mean, that's, uh, that's the trouble with those princesses, fan. They're sheltered lives. You dance with them a couple of times, and they want to elope with you. Of course, when she broke off with Rupert, and the prime minister sent oh, to I'm me... Oh, I'm beginning I... to understand. You started another war. Oh, no, no, I don't think they'll fight. No. <clears throat> she'll, uh, she'll get over it. Anyhow, that isn't why I came home. Oscar, Oscar, listen. Yeah? I, uh, I was walking along the uh, back streets of uh, Nishno, Novgorod one night, and I happened to pass a little theater. Stuck away in a courtyard. I don't know. I, I got a hunch about it, and I went in. Well, say, I ever saw in my life, and I bought it. You bought it? What for? What for? I'm going to act in it, of course. Oh, wonderful. Tony, you don't mean pictures. Ah. We're going back on the stage? Tell me, what's the play all about? Well, in the first place, Oscar, they use a revolving stage. But it not only revolves on the floor level, it revolves up and down like a Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, That's symbolic, you see. I mean, when the character is happy, he's whisked up to the top. And when he's miserable, the wheel makes a quick turn and he lands on the floor. Good showmanship. Yeah, and when you exit, you seem to walk right through the scenery. They, they do that with an electric eye. And the entrances, ah, Oscar, you, you, you just slide down from above, or else they let you down by wires. Eh? Kominsky, Kominsky, the, the, the fellow that does it in the Nizhny Novgorod, fainted six times the first night. Yeah, I tell you, Oscar, it's a knockout. Of course, of course, the great thing, folks, about this play is it takes two nights to do it. Two nights? Tony, you're cool. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You people don't understand what this thing is. It's a modern version of the passion play. And you play? The lead, of course. <laughs> it's pure blank verse. And the incidental music is a piano in tune. Listen. Uh, Tony, uh, before you start, uh, if you people don't mind, I'm awfully sorry. I've got to break away, Julie. I, I, I'll be back later. I, I've got about an hour's business. No, that's all right. I mean, I, I'm awfully sorry you have to go, Gil. Gwen, I think I'll have to go, too. You'll be home later, huh? Oh, of course, Perry. Run along. Uh, goodbye, goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Now, uh, now, here's the way this thing goes. Then, then when he comes down from the mountains, there's a stunning passage. Oscar. Huh? Why don't you let me read the play? What? The play by your college professor. Why don't you let me read it? What do you mean, read it? What for? Why, I just thought I, I'd like to get a sort of an idea of the part. I'll send you up a manuscript this evening. Oh. 
this case. Yeah, but, Fan, the biggest kick of all comes in the fire worship scene in the eighth act. <laughs> they've, they've got a religious procession there. Last 12 minutes. And believe me, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty pagan. Oscar, if you can get by with it and not be padlocked, you... It's the baby. Look, it's the baby. Don't crowd round him, please. Oh, I wish you wouldn't all crowd round him. Tony, look, you've never seen him before. Yeah, yeah, let me see him, huh? Yeah, I think he's terrible. Tony. Here, here, let me see my grandson. Aubrey Cavendish Stewart. Do you know who you were named for, baby? Aubrey Cavendish Say, that young fellow is a Cavendish, all right. He does look like Aubrey. He's going to be like Aubrey, too. He's going to be a performer. Listen, folks. Listen, listen. I got a great new play I'm going to produce, and in it they talk all the time about a baby. Why shouldn't we have a scene where the baby is carried on? Oh, and... You're crazy. When? You'll have to start sometime. Aubrey Cavendish. Aubrey Cavendish Stewart. That won't stop him. He's a Cavendish. And he's going to carry on. We always have and we always will. When one drops out, there's always another one to take his place. Hey, Pan. They're waiting dinner for you, Mom. Hey. Hey, wake up, old girl. Mother. Oh. Oh. When one drops out, there's always another to take his place. Curtain has fallen on the Theatre Guild production of The Royal Family, starring Frederick March. And now, in the few moments of broadcast time which remain, we hear the Theatre Guild Orchestra and Romanian Rhapsody.
is the Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Thank you for joining us and enjoying our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Please remember to leave us a review and to follow us for frequent releases.